Hello, welcome to the Scouted Football Podcast. Uh, Euro 2020 has come to a close and agonising defeat on penalties, as is always the way for England, uh, whose road to the final ultimately ended in despair at Wembley. Uh, Commiserations to them, but congratulations to Italy, who are crowned European champions for only the second time. Um, The final clip of the BBC's Euro 2020 montage was that of Leonardo Bonucci staring down the barrel of the camera after Italy's shootout victory, yelling, it's coming to Rome. Uh, which is, I think, was particularly cutting to, to English uh, spectators. Um, the circumstances were, were incredibly cruel for England. Um, three missed penalties, now likely the way that this tournament will be remembered. Uh, but it shouldn't be that way. And, and that's the purpose of this episode of the Scouted Pod. Um, Gareth Southgate has led a brave, young, diverse team to, to the final of a major men's tournament for the first time in 55 years. A team made up of young players, one of the younger squads at the tournament, um, and for us, if, if that isn't a major achievement and a major endorsement of what England is and what England can be, then then I don't know what is. Um, I think it's only right, given that this is an English-speaking podcast and much of the listenership are UK-based, that, that we conduct not a post-mortem, but a, a celebration of England's Euros campaign, uh, if not for the fans, but for the players themselves. Um, I think they conducted themselves impeccably. They appeared as though they genuinely had a, a great ride throughout uh, many of whom experienced tournament football for the very first time. Um, and thankfully, I'm, I'm grateful to say that with me to go over England's Euro 2020 journey and, and what it meant to follow England at this competition is Orlando from the Chelsea spot. Um, many of you might remember Orlando on the Scouted pod previously, talking about very, various Chelsea players. Um, hard lines, Orlando. Uh, what's the immediate feeling this morning following last night's events? Well, um I think really, um, I'm not sure if I expected this, but this morning I've been feeling relatively, well, not happy, but I guess proud of how far, you know, how far the team have come and, and the manner in which they did it. Um, I think, you know, you said there that the tournament will most likely be remembered on those three missed penalties, but I think actually um, it paints a, a good picture of the sort of general feeling, if not in the in Europe and in the world, but at least in, in the country, if you look at the headline headlines on, you know, even the, the very worst tabloids, they're all sort of coming together to support the players who miss. No one is being scapegoated. scapegoated. Obviously, you'll have, you always have the kind of horrible people who, who will be sending abuse to those players. And, and obviously, that's awful. But I think the general feeling is that um, everyone is in recognition that a penalty can be missed at any point um, by any player. Um, and I think, especially given that it was though it was those young ones who who missed, um, I think everybody is really kind of, or at least most people are really rallying behind them. And I think for that you can have a real sense of pride, and especially given um, you know what's come before that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the way the way you put it there in terms of the the national newspapers, which in years gone by perhaps would have would have scapegoated uh, individual players um, or, or, or Gareth Southgate himself. Um, I think the fact that there has been a rallying uh, a rallying around the, the players who missed and, and the squad in general um, shows that there has been an element of progress perhaps in that department and maybe perhaps moving towards uh, a, a, a better 
discourse around the England team because this has been an England team which many people have been able to get behind. They've been able to identify with. I mentioned in sort of my my opener the the diversity of this England team, and you know you look at the the different areas, the different regions which all of these players have come from. Um, you know, there's three of the back four that that started um, much of the tournament were were from Yorkshire. Um, you had Jordan Henderson and Jordan Pickford from the northeast. Um, you know, countless players from from London and, and the northwest. You know, there were. You know, this was this was an England team. It was the best of what England is. It's it's it is it's people of all all backgrounds, all creeds, all races, all religions, and thankfully that that played out in in the squad. Um, you know, they 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 did seem to get get along really well um, together, and and that's something which I think will be, you know, obviously the penalties, as I said, will will probably dominate the the discourse um, as time goes on. But I hope it doesn't because. From a neutral perspective, it doesn't feel as though this is the end of England's journey. This feels like it's a, a minor bump in the road at the at the beginning, does it not? Absolutely. And I think especially if you look just in the sort of isolated example of the player who unfortunately missed the deciding penalty, Bukayo Saka, you can look at that, um, you know, and say, oh, well, he missed the penalty. He knocked England out. But really, if you look at his tournament as a whole, he was someone who was you know on the edges of not being selected for the squad at all he was someone who when he was selected in the squad many people said including myself actually oh I doubt he's going to get many minutes if any um and he's been an absolute revelation he's been fantastic he's really captured the hearts of the nation not just what he does off the p- on the pitch but you know how he conducts himself off it he's such a lovable character um and such a, a great guy too and I think that really sort of exemplifies um the way I feel and the way I hope many other fans feel about this squad. Um, and, you know, particularly given the age, I mean, just reading off a list here, you know, obviously you've got Saka, who's 19, you've got Sancho, 21, Reese James, 21, Declan Rice, 22, Foden, 21, Jude Bellingham, 18, Mason Mount, 22, Marcus Rashford, 23. You know, these guys are all so young. I think, I mean, I, I'm not sure whether this was the general feeling before the tournament, but I always thought that it was perhaps a tournament too soon to really be saying, oh, England should be really putting up a, a big sort of challenge to win this whole thing. Um, and I think given that they have done really well to reach the final at all, and particularly to take it all the way to penalties, I mean, you know, just adding on to those players, there's Trent Alexander-Arnold, 22, who's injured. Same with Mason Greenwood, 19. There are so many other players who haven't even made it into an England senior squad yet who will do in the future for sure. I think there can be nothing but optimism for the future, particularly with someone um, like Gareth Southgate at the home, who I think, well, obviously he had many doubters, but I think pretty much the whole country is now united in that he's a he's a really fantastic leader um and i think you know you can say what you like about what he does on the pitch um his tactics i personally think you know setting a team up to to do the best it can in tournament football you know cup style football knockout football where um you know you want to be strongest in defence I think that is you know a perfectly good setup and I don't have any problems with the way Southgate sets up his team I don't have any problems with the people who who may question him not playing the likes of Grealish and Sancho but what he does off the pitch the way he conducts himself the way he um, is so sort of certain sure defiant in um, well 
mainly taking the knee and, and backing the players and, and being so well spoken on all sorts of divisive topics. I think he is, um, you know, I think, you know, even despite what he said a few days ago, which I wasn't too happy with about, um, you know, England having been threatened with invasion in the past and that contributing to um, to the atmosphere in the stadium during the Germany game. I thought that was a bit iffy, but given um, everything he has said in the past um, and everything I'm sure he will go on to say in the future, I think um, you can't have any qualms about what a fantastic guy he is. Yeah, it was discussed that, that Southgate had the courage of his convictions. That was something that was a phrase that, that people kept coming back to. And, and you're correct, especially with the, the taking of the knee, um, standing by his players, um, you know, saying that this is something which is important to them. This is not just them following the lead. This is they, they actively want to do this. And, and I think it it took... You know, it, it, it took real integrity to stand by his, his his young squad because they are. He knows what it's like to, to have been in that position. And, um, you know, obviously the the, 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 the the narrative around obviously missed penalties at major uh, tournaments, obviously Euro 96 Southgate, and, you know, nobody needs to be remem- reminded of that. Um, but just on the penalty shootout, um, you know, there's... Bukayo Saka, of course, the the player to to miss the decisive penalty uh, that came after Marcus Rashford and, and Jaden Jaden Sancho both missed their spot kicks. Um, there isn't really anybody better, anybody I would I'd say more sensitive or acutely aware of the emotions that those three will be feeling than their England boss. You know, the person who will have been one of the first to come and console them. I think. We, I mean, outside of football, you talk about support networks and support bubbles and whatnot. I feel as though this England team has one. It, it seemed as though, you know, that that atmosphere, that you know, there's there's been no ego, no bravado, nothing like that. Um, at least not that that we've seen throughout uh, the the past month. Um, and it's 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 been unifying. I think we we only need to see sort of the 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 scenes across the country when when England have played. You know, people have have got behind the team and in in the way that they always do. But this time, it always it felt a little bit more as though. The, the the country genuinely thought that this could potentially be be the one where where fifty five years of hurt or, or whatever it is that, that come to an end. Um, I, I do think it was it was unifying, um, and that that's the, the 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 overbearing term that I'd use to describe the the tournament. Um, but I mean, this is a football podcast, and we're, and we're going to talk about uh, the the penalties. Of course, I don't want to dwell on it too too much, but. Um, you know the the decision to to put twenty three year old Marcus Rashford, twenty one year old Jaden Sancho, and nineteen year old Bakayo Saka um, as the the third, fourth, and fifth penalty takers. Um, Gareth Southgate has come in for some flack for that, but I'm very much. I mean, this is my own personal opinion, but I'm very much. I'm very much of the opinion that that Southgate knew and had prepared as he had for every single game state, every single eventuality. He knew exactly who he was going to go with for his penalties. And you know that was clearly seen in his substitution on of Sancho and Rashford in, in the final stages. I know that they barely got a touch of the ball, if any, before they, t- before they took their penalties. But, you know, if he brings them on and, and they both convert the penalties and, and Italy's spot kicks go the way that they did and England end up winning, then it's a masterstroke. And it's one of those things where, you know, the... The, the variance in in penalty taking, the the variance in a penalty shootout, the the fine the finest of margins between defeat and victory, I think it's very unfair to then portion blame um, to to whether it be Southgate or whether it be to those three players because there's there's such a fine line. 
no, I completely agree. I think I am very much of the opinion, no matter how reductive this may seem, that penalties are just really a lottery. Um, and I don't know how much I think experience um, kind of feeds into that. I think all these players are professional footballers. All these players, you know, throughout their youth career, throughout you know, all the football games they've played in the past will have taken many penalties. They all know what it's like. As Southgate said, they practice them virtually every day in training. I think really all you can say about this is most of the time you score, this time they didn't score. And and that's just how penalties go. I mean, that said, I do think you can have, you can take some issue with the decision to put Saka as the fifth penalty taker, especially given that he was the least experienced out of the the three young ones who missed, um, potentially the least experienced in the squad. I don't think he had ever taken a, a senior penalty before. So I think putting him fifth was, you know, not the best decision from Southgate or from whoever was making that decision. But at the same time, you know, if he's the guy feeling the most confident, which I don't doubt is the truth because we've seen how, what a sort of ballsy guy he is, if that's the case, then I don't think it's necessarily wrong to to give him that because if you've got someone like Raheem Sterling, who many people are saying um, was wrong for for not stepping up to take a penalty, you know he has a track record of being bad at penalties at club level, and that is absolutely fine. But I think when you know you're not good, and especially if that's feeding into you not feeling confident, if you're not feeling confident it's much better to say look I'm not going to take I don't feel confident to take rather than sort of braving through it and then potentially missing because because of the fact that you're you're feeling nervy or whatever and if Saka you know he looked confident as he looked as he went up to take the penalty he took a, a confident penalty it wasn't a particularly bad penalty it was just saved and that that's what happens sometimes and I think you know if he scores it then people are perhaps lauding Southgate for having the balls to to put such a young player in that position so yeah, I think ultimately, as I said before, really, this is just the way it goes sometimes. Penalties are a lottery from from the first, you know, the first whistle for the first penalty. Um, and I think you really have to try very hard not to overanalyze it um, and just to say it was a 50-50 chance or thereabouts uh, for, from the time the final whistle went after extra time. Yeah, there's always a, there's always the element of chance, isn't there? And you know, you, we can talk about experience and mentality until the cows come home. But you know, you look at the players who missed for Italy. You know, Andrea Bellotti, who is not shy of taking a few penalties. You know, he's scored plenty in his career. Uh, Jorginho, of course, the, the the player who scored the decisive penalty to yeah. to see them through um, against Spain in the in the semi final. You know, it's very players are capable of missing penalties in pressurized moments. And I think the the debate around Raheem Sterling, I think the point you make is an important one because yes, if he doesn't have a, a great track record, who's to say that's not in his his in the back of his mind, in the front of his mind as he goes to walk, you know, the 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 long, the long lonesome walk to the penalty spot um to face six foot five Gianluigi Donnarumma. If there's a player who's more confident, visibly undisturbed by the the pressure, um then yeah, why should Southgate deny that player the the um the the right to go and be a hero um without getting all sort of wrapped up in the 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 occasion of it all um but yeah there's I think I think that the fact that you know lots of people will 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 have had some very choice opinions and I don't just I don't mean I'm not even referring to the ones which have been absolutely abhorrent um 
a few people, uh, you know, people will have had choice opinions over the decision to take them, whether a 19 year old should have been allowed to take it. But at the end of the day, they've never been in a position like you or I to, to, to be in front of 65, 70,000 spectators to go and take a penalty, which keeps your country in a, a major final, it keeps you in the competition, keeps you fighting. I think it's a completely, uh, it's something which you can't measure, you can't quantify, you can't begin to experience what that must be like so i think my overriding message would be that that well I'm, I'm very pleased to see that the overriding message from from the majority of people has been one of support to the three who missed and in particular saka um because it was not an easy thing for them to step up and do that and you know the as we said earlier this is only the beginning this probably won't be the last penalty shootout that england uh partake in with saka Sancho and Rashford. Um, so there is, um, there's the opportunity for a redemption arc there and I'm sure there will be uh, an opportunity for that in future. Um, but talking about Southgate, um, we, we just discussed him there about his, his integrity, his courage of his convictions and whatnot. What, what does he mean to you as an England fan, uh, as, a, as a manager? Because, you know, in the past, there's been the likes of, you know, Fabio Capello, Sven-Joran Eriksson, um, Roy Hodgson. Um, these types of managers, very differing in styles, differing in terms of discipline and personality. What does Gareth Southgate mean to you um, as as a as a young English man? Well, really, what you said there about asking what he means to me as an England fan, I think honestly, um, before he sort of his um, his manner and his his I guess opinions and the way he conveys himself to the media etc before that sort of came to the fore in in recent months and maybe the last 12 months or so my my fandom for England was actually decreasing because of Brexit because of the way um things are in this country you know I I struggle to identify with what supporting England I guess as an institution stands for and really Gareth Southgate um, and you know his squad of players behind him have really given me something to to believe in and and to support because you know I am supporting this team very much primarily because I like them you know I like Gareth Southgate I like what he stands for I like how he he doesn't take any shit I love how he you know he's defiant in his beliefs you know when England um, away at, I think, Bulgaria or whatever it was, experienced that horrible racist abuse. He was the first one to come out to the media and defend his players. And, you know, there have been all these brilliant stories come out about how um, supportive of he supportive of them he was behind the scenes, etc. Um, and, you know, I, I would love to live in a world where that would be the bare minimum for a manager and we wouldn't have to sit here sort of praising it. But actually, I think there are very few like Southgate in that regard. Um, and you know it makes you proud as as a fan um and you know the players behind him you know they're all so likable they're so much fun to watch you know i just think what southgate's done is he's built a project where it's very hard not to support them you know particularly if you're someone who perhaps was falling a bit out of touch with with what supporting england stands for i think well especially in my case, I think I've very much sort of fallen back in love with that because of Southgate. Yeah, in a sense, everything sort of, it stands and falls with him. Um, he's he's the, the the pillar 
behind which this England team play uh, and play for. And, and and ultimately that that translates to the fans, as you've just said, you know, falling back in love with the team. I mean, there's, there's nothing more beautiful in terms of football because, you know, that is what, that, that, that is why you support a team is because, you, you know, you gain a vested interest and that develops into a, to a deep, you know, a, a passion for, for, for that team in particular. Um, in terms of the, the tournament as a whole, we're, we're, you know, in terms of the young players in particular, you rattled them off earlier from those in the squad who are 23 and under. Um, who stood out in particular for you in the games which, uh, which England, I mean, dominated up until that final? Um, I think the first one, we've already talked about him a lot, but it's got to be Saka. Um, because, as I said, not many people expected him to play really any minutes. And I think, first of all, it must be a testament to how he is in training that he's even got into the team ahead of the likes of, you know, Sancho and Grealish, who are fantastic players in their own right. So I think, you know, it seems silly to say, but just getting into the team in the first place is a massive achievement for someone, you know, aged only 19 uh, and, you know, not that experienced relative to to those two. Um, And then when he did come into the team... um, you know, he's he's just been brilliant. I think the thing that stands out for me the most is how sort of unfazed by the pressure he, he seems to be. You know, he is someone who's, whose greatest strengths lie in his intelligence, his decision-making and stuff like that. And, you know, it's hard for that not to be sort of, um, I guess, warped and and distorted by, by big occasions. And, you know, he has clearly handled that really well. Um, And, you know, the way he conducts himself on the pitch, he's so tenacious. He's always, you know, making the right decisions, always, you know, he plays it simple if it needs to be simple. He he takes on a a defender, you know, he, you know, at 19, he has a really good grasp of sort of when to inject pace into the game when to slow it down you know he knows he's aware of the crowd in the stadium I mean I was at the the England Germany game at Wembley um and I remember one moment when you know he could have easily played it back but he sensed that you know the crowd were were behind him and he he took a, a defender on um I think he ended up getting tackled but you know the crowd gave this massive roar and you know that can really kind of change games um and I think you know, he's just a fantastic young man who I absolutely love. Yeah, as you say, it's it's a reflection of, you know, how, how much he must have shown in training, how highly the coaching staff think of him, that he was in ahead of the likes of, you know, a Sancho or a Grealish, um, who have been so um, captivating for, for, for Borussia Dortmund and Aston Villa over the past few seasons. Um, whereas Saka is, is very much, you know, new to the scene, 2019-2021. Uh, um, you know, the, he, he's, been, he's been slowly building towards a fantastic uh, European Championships performance and maybe it was um, maybe a lot of people I mean as you said earlier myself included I thought it was probably a little bit too soon I said he would be the 26th man in in the squad Um, and he completely proved me wrong um, because yes that Germany game he was very 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 good in that game Um, I thought he was very the impetus that he gave England the drive the 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 directness the the outlet um, was was something which um, which proved Southgate's tactical sort of tweak in that game um, to be justified, and yeah, I'm, I'm overall I'm just very pleased that he had to he, he he's had that experience in his game, and you know with the the network that he has around him, I'm sure that he'll he'll come back stronger from the from from the penalty miss and and the the overall disappointment of missing out at the final hurdle. So 
I, I, I mean, I, I, I've been hugely impressed by him. I, I'd, I'd like to say a word on, on Declan Rice as well, because there was a lot of debate. Of there was a lot of debate before the um, before the tournament around whether it would be Rice, Phillips, Henderson, that sort of trio. And I think the fact that Rice, I mean, the the, the debate has raged around Phillips and Henderson, and or Phillips has has made has made Henderson's role redundant, and whatnot. I, I'm not entirely sure that's the truth, but um, Declan Rice has, in effect, over the course of six games, along with Phillips, kind of mended. Uh, the, the the psyche of England supporters where there was a oh well the, the, it's too negative if you play both Rice and Phillips it's too negative yet they've shown that it's not it it, it works it's not too negative because it's it's the, it's the direct opposite because it's it's got England to a major tournament final a men's major tournament final um, and I, I I I just think the, the energy that he brought. Um, the 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 positional awareness, the the constant constant scanning. I mean, I saw a tweet where it said he probably has to put his neck on ice afterwards because he's just constantly, <laughs> yeah, constantly aware of his surroundings, where players are, and I think that massively massively contributed to uh, how England didn't concede from open play throughout the entire tournament, um, which itself is a remarkable statistic. You know, the the Mikkel Domsgaard free kick uh, and the 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 tap in from Bonucci at the 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 corner in the final being the, the two goals that England conceded. Um I, I just I, I just had to say something on Declan Rice because I thought, you know, he's he's someone who has obviously been dubbed, you know, this eighty million pound player, Chelsea are gonna make bids X, Y, and Z by different transfer gossip columns and whatnot. But he really is a fantastic player and he's covered himself you know, in glory throughout the entirety of that 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 competition. I mean, the the this the was it the the Germany game where the 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 long lens catches him sort of at the other end of the pitch to all the celebrations, and he just falls onto his knees as he's got cramp. And you know, that's the that's exactly the type of you know fight that that supporters want to see from their players representing their teams. And I think he um he, he encapsulated that really well. Yeah, I think the thing I'd say about Rice is what really most impressed me about him is just the amount of work he gets done, you know, between the two boxes. I mean, and particularly between the two sidelines, actually, he's very, very impressive sort of circulating out wide. You know, I think that is, is clear to see in the fact that he was actually brought off around the sort of 70, 80 minute mark in most games looking absolutely shattered. I mean, you mentioned there the Germany game when, when he was, he was, I think he was off the pitch injured when England scored, um, you know, I think 78th minute or something. Um, and, and this is, you know, when you consider that he plays almost every minute for West Ham at club level, the, the amount of ground he covers um, and the efficiency with which he covers it too, I think is so, so, so impressive, you know, circulating out wide to, I guess, to, to, to force the ball back in field, to 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 win it back to to put pressure on the opposition uh that's something Phillips did really well and you know those two worked so well in tandem one of them going the other the other covering the space I think what we've seen there in a partnership flourishing is you know you you can give credit to the two as a whole but you also can give credit to, to each one individually because to form a partnership like that like that takes a lot of you know, it takes a lot from from both individual player, and I think you can really applaud Rice for, well, and Phillips, but obviously Rice is the one we're focusing on because he's he's 
within the scouting football criteria as a as an under twenty three. He's um <laughs> yeah yeah we're not allowed we're not allowed to discuss Phillips, yeah. are we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, two years too old. <laughs> it is true though, you know. Obviously, oh no, I, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. Obviously, Phillips he deserves the credit, but I mean, I guess it's more impressive for Rice at that age to be able to put together a partnership like that, you know, in such short such a short period of time you know they don't have much time on the training ground um they don't particularly necessarily know each other very well because they don't play together at club level so I think that is something that that you can really applaud absolutely um and I suppose looking to the future then um England kind of you know getting to a major final like they have done and being within touching distance of lifting the the European Championships trophy at this stage with such a young squad I think it's Three, six, nine, ten of the twenty-six in that squad were, um, were, were twenty-three or under. Um, of course, Saka, Bellingham, both teenagers. You know, Phil Foden, Reese James, twenty-one, Sancho, twenty-one. There is incredible potential um, in in this England squad, and and you do envisage England dominating at least one tournament over the next decade. And and I'm sure, I'm I'm convinced, in fact, that that England will uh, win a major tournament over the next three or four perhaps I think this one was an indicator of just how close that they can get without perhaps that I know it's a buzzword but that experience that tournament know-how that perhaps and this is a big perhaps that that the likes of Bonucci, Chiellini, um, Verratti those types of players brought to the table um, but I mean what from an England perspective what's your what's your thoughts on on looking ahead to the future you know do you envisage England potentially dominating major tournaments um like we've seen the likes of Spain in the past or Germany or France for example well I think it's also worth mentioning that you know we talk about these young players in the squad and we talk about the likes of well Bellingham Sancho Reese James who actually didn't play many minutes at all um but England are still on minutes played they still have the youngest squad so not just in terms of or I think it's the second youngest but you know it's very much up there not just in you know the whole 26 man squad it's also in the in the you know by weighted by minutes played how you know the players who actually got on the pitch England are are affording those minutes to to the youngest out of all the teams at the Euros um you know because there are there are some players as we mentioned like Phillips there who's not that far over 23 um and yeah so looking forward I think do I think England will dominate I'm not so sure about domination because I think well international tournaments are just so variance based and so volatile and you know you can just have one game where you concede three long shots and you're out um and I think that makes it very hard to to dominate the international seen I mean I know Spain did it I guess from sort of 2008 to 2012 but I think you can make a point there about their style of play keeping the ball um, and having lots of possession being conducive to that and I'm not sure whether that will be England's real real forte going forward I think Gareth Southgate the way he sets up the team um, is very clever with regard to how international tournaments are volatile in the way I've just just described I think you know he sets up sets them up as you say to be so good defensively that they don't concede a goal from open play in the whole tournament he sets them up in a way that they allow themselves to be somewhat reliant in 
on individual quality in the final third. And I think that is relatively fine in international football. I mean, we've seen with the likes of Raheem Sterling, who I know is out of the scouted football uh, criteria again. You've done it again. You've done it again. I have to mention him. I have to. He he was the one the one player who really, really captured my heart more than any. I think he he is absolutely fantastic from, you know, how good he is on the pitch, what a talisman he is to to how he conducts himself off it. I think, you know, he is he's he's just brilliant. I love him. Um player of the tournament candidate. Player of the tournament. I think he should have got it. I think I think it was a terrible cop out to give it to Donnarumma. I mean, I mean barely you UEFA have for half their games. UEFA have a track record of this, though, don't they? They they're not great yeah. with the individual awards at the at the, the at the end of um, tournaments, are they? No, they're not. Um, I do I do really feel Sterling should have got it. But I mean, going back to his his individual quality shining through in the final third, I think given that they're there are these young players in the wings, the likes of Grealish, Sancho, um, Foden, Rashford, Greenwood, you know, all these players who are going to be in the squads in, in years to come. If they have some sort of, you know, the likes of Sancho, Rashford, Greenwood, they're all going to have chemistry from playing together at Man United. They're all going to know each other. They are already, you can see all of them good friends. There's that bond um, that, that I guess exists from, from them being, having played together from such a young age, you know, whether that be in the youth teams or just in their first ever England first team squad, that is going to last. And, you know, with that will come a real ability to, 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 to be dangerous in the final third, despite not necessarily perhaps having that many attacking players on the pitch. And I think that does spell danger for, for the rest of Europe and, and the rest of the world, definitely. I think that's a, a perfect way of summarising it, really. Um, it's the beginning of something, not the end. Um, that's all from us on the Scouted Football Podcast this week. A reaction to England's elimination at Euro 2020 at the hands of Italy in that final. Um, it's it's one in which you know England are are, are, are filled with pro- England fans are filled with pride uh, at, at their team. Um, they're proud of the young players that have that have punctuated this tournament and, and the run to the to the final. Um, and the, the, I think the overbearing feeling is that it's not the end. Um, it's it's only the the beginning of, of something which these players will will have the opportunity to to go one better and and win a World Cup or, or a European Championships um, and I think that's you know all analysis all sentiment all all discourse aside I think it's something that most people probably probably uh, on the basis of this past past month or so past four weeks uh, can see is is a real possibility um, but yes thank you to Orlando for, for talking me through what it means to to be an England supporter in the immediate aftermath of a of an agonizing penalty shootout defeat um, and but also for, for for his insights on on what it means to to fall back in love with the England team uh, to feel represented um, and to to feel proud of that 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 team as well um, thank you again for, for coming on mate no it's been a pleasure thank you Joe that's everything from us um in the meantime please do check out our youtube channel uh, we're putting out some more tactics videos on there as well as some player profiles some explainers uh, and uh, as always there will be new exciting content on scoutedftbl.com for you to read that's everything from me uh, i've been joe donahue this has been the scouted football podcast stay safe take care bye for now <laughs>